Yeah, well, here we go. Um, here we go. Uh, welcome to the this episode of the Quick and the Brave podcast. It's We thought it would be really good to do a post-Afropunk Paris roundup. Um, yes, I'm indeed. Renee. I'm uh, here with the man. Yes. Man-like, right. Obi. Man-like, Obi. What's up? How you doing? Um, yeah, we thought it would be a good idea to do a roundup of Afropunk Paris because um, I went to Paris with some friends um, for Afropunk and yeah I thought it'd be really good to share the experience and yeah also just to let people know what it was about and if you're thinking about going maybe just maybe this will help you make a decision but Mm. um, okay I mean like maybe we should just like start from the very very top like for people who haven't heard about Afropunk. So, for, yeah, for everyone who doesn't know what it is, can you just give us like a summary? I'll give you a summary, but I'll hit the Wikipedia page because <laughs> that probably explains it better than I could. Okay. Um, but it is a festival that was started in uh, New York by um, James Spooner and Matthew Morgan. Matthew Morgan, who I incidentally met at Afropunk in Paris, but that's another, we'll get to that later. Um, and it was off the back of um, James Spooner's documentary that he made in 2003 called Afropunk, which spotlighted black punks across America. And later there were a series of live shows which came off the back of the documentary called The Liberation Sessions, um, co-curated by um, Spooner, James Spooner and Matthew Morgan. Mm. Uh, It says on Wikipedia that the festival originally sought to provide black people with an opportunity to build community within the predominantly white punk subculture and to provide a stage for black alternative performers that were not acknowledged in the mainstream and stood outside of hip hop, R&B, soul, etc. All the main kind of genres of black music uh, uh, to attract... Mm. um, a wider audience actually no we'll get to that later but that is the roots of the festival so it was kind of a festival to highlight this kind of subculture within black culture um which i think if you look at any of the lineups for the festivals now has shifted quite a lot but we also talk about that in a bit um so um, so was this your first Afropunk festival? The first time you've gone? It's not the first time you heard of it, but was this was this your first time going there? It's not the first time I've heard of it. Um, it's not the, the first time I heard of it, but it is the first time that I actually went. I decided this year was the year that I was going to go to Afropunk because mm-hmm. the lineups, to be honest, are always incredible. Um, I've seen the images of the people that attend the festival. And for all intents and purposes, it just seemed to me, or in my mind, it was this kind of mecca of blackness. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I really wanted to experience. Um, I have been to quite a few festivals, but not a festival where black people make up at least, I, I mean, like 95% of the people attending, the people working, the volunteers. Um, it, and from that aspect, I was not disappointed. Mm-hmm. It was a smorgasbord of black excellence. 
Wow. For, oh, for real? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, <clears throat> it started originally in New York, right? Yeah, it but, did, in Brooklyn. But the, but the festival you went to was in Paris. Yes, it was in Paris. So now Afropunk has its mother festival, which is the Brooklyn Festival. They also do a festival in Atlanta. They do Paris. And I think this year is the first time that they'll be doing Johannesburg. And I've heard rumblings of uh, uh, Brazil, Afropunk as well. That's, I've, I've heard that that's in the pipeline. Which will be incredible. <laughs> For real. Um, so, and I, I know they've previously, I think they also did it in London. But on the website at the moment, for what it stands this year, it's Brooklyn, Atlanta, Paris, and Johannesburg. Joburg will be incredible. Brooklyn is coming up in August, I think. Atlanta is also coming up um, later on. Paris has been, and Joburg is, I think, the last one for the year. So, okay. There's a few, if you've not been, still get your tickets and go. <laughs> so, because um, you mentioned you've been to like lots of different festivals and whatnot. Um, like where would you rank Afropunk in terms of like priority for you? You know, like if you had like a top 10, like where, where would Afropunk sit? I think definitely in the top two. Oh yeah? Yeah. Top two? I think it's, yeah. I think for me it's a really important festival. Okay. Um, not only because of the the Paris lineup was absolutely insane. Mm. It was insane, and to be honest, for the price of what you paid for a weekend ticket, like it was completely worth it. So the cost for a weekend pass for the festival was 110 euros. That's just the normal ticket. Um, I think you could there was a VIP option. Um, but then the acts for Paris were Solange, Janelle Monet, Raphael Sadiq, Masego, Ebei, Lizzo, IMDDB, Lil Sims, Tiwa Savage, um, Scarlord, Malik Berry, Burner Boy, Rico Nasty, Tank and the Bangers, and Samurai Shotgun. And of those names, those were, and then and then there were the DJ crews. So they had like local DJs, I think. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, I have to shout out this Parisian DJ called Anais B. Oh my God, she was incredible. Okay, what, uh, do you remember what her set was? Like what kind of music? She played it? everything. She played everything from like hip hop to like South African house to, yeah, she played everything. I've heard of quite a few Miss Yellow tracks dropped, okay. but she is a very high energy yeah. DJ and she's incredible. Apparently she's quite famous on the Parisian scene. I'd never heard of her before, but she was amazing. I didn't really see much of the DJ sets because I kind of used that time for to like move around. Um, and like speak to people. Yeah, speak to people, to... take pictures. Okay. Um, but I caught both her, I think both of her sets on the Saturday and she was amazing. Okay, like had you have, um, had you heard of her before you got there? No, so my like, first introduction to her. Okay, so once you heard the first set, you were just hooked. Yeah, like, she was great. Um, and obviously, like since the festival itself was in uh, French capital, did you have a chance to connect and chat to any of the locals about their experience, like how they saw at the festival and whatnot? I think there was there was a lot of. Parisians, but there was also a, it was also a really international crowd. There's people from all over the world there. 
Um, and I spoke to a few Parisians, uh, actually a friend of mine, he works for, he has his own agency in Paris. And there were, aside from the DJ sets and aside from the music, there was, I think, like a few kind of workshops and panels, which to me weren't really very well advertised. And then in speaking to him, he kind of said that he thought like that the the topic set for these workshops were a little bit surface because which will tie into something else that I kind of want to say a bit later on. Say it he, now. Oh, okay. So a lot of people have said or what I've read is that a lot of people have said that Afropunk kind of has sold out a lot from its beginnings. And Uh-oh. I I think because maybe before, I don't know what it was like in the beginning, but maybe the acts were a lot more indie and a lot less well-known. But it has morphed itself into something that's quite viable as, and profitable as a business. Mm-hmm. So I think understanding that at some point, if you want to appeal to especially a global market, you have to change it can't just be these like acts that people don't know. Mm. I mean, the reason I went to Afropunk was because of the lineup. If I'd seen like lesser known names on there, I probably wouldn't have gone. Yeah. But I think maybe that's why people think that it has kind of like this whole talk about Afropunk selling out. But it is a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in terms of sticking to its I guess blackness in terms of what it shows it still does that I don't know about the the inner workings or the politics of what happens but I think it does cater now more for a more I don't know like a young black professional with more disposable income that can travel to these places mm-hmm. if they want to go to this festival yeah Do you know it, what i mean for, for sure because it's not just the price of the ticket you have to get there you from, have to get the Amsterdam. train you right. have to like get accommodation okay you have to eat while you're there so it's not it it's not just about being about parisians it's about mm. you know people from wider europe that don't have that is not happening in their city from amsterdam from wherever else I met people that traveled i met people there from america i met people that travel from that have been to the brooklyn one that wanted the experience in paris so okay it does cater to a more upwardly mobile demographic i guess mm-hmm. but is that a bad thing i don't know i haven't been yet i don't i don't <laughs> i mean i don't think it is yeah. I, I i truly don't think it is Okay, so let's say like just a rough number. If I wanted to go from Amsterdam or from my city to Afropunk Mm. to travel, accommodation, uh, entertainment when I get there, how much, how much like cash would I need to like keep aside for this, for this black experience? I think like, I I mean, I did it quite frugally. Mm. I had, my ticket was 110 
you book that in advance if you're like on it and you can like book your train tickets in advance a return from Amsterdam is what 70 euros so that's to Paris is 70 euros on the Talis that's what 180 then my accommodation was a hundred and I shared a room with my friend so that was like a hundred and 150 so that's what we're up to 350 400 then once you get there I like took out a hundred euros so I spent that over the weekend so that's 500 damn okay but that's like, so it's but, like a, a proper I mean it's an experience and- it is and then when you're there you're gonna want f- like you know food drinks were expensive i mean in one of the bars i got the afropunk cup which you know the recyclable cup mm, which was a cool. euro on top of the drink and i bought two beers and it was 20 euros sorry said that again two beers for 20 euros okay <laughs> i was like what the hell is this okay so it's, it's really kind of upmarket. Like, yeah but also there are other ways like you can volunteer at the festival to earn your ticket as well mm-hmm. there's always that option like if you are from that city but you want to go you volunteer a couple of hours and you get tickets okay so so there's there is a way like, there is a way mm-hmm. of going if you like you don't have the money okay and like so i had a little look online and i saw it's heavy on the costumes you know like everyone like goes dressed up you know yeah. like what what is that about you know like what's the uh, is there like a message or a theme is that something they've always been doing i think i felt very undressed hmm. but i think it is an opportunity for like black people to show up and show out like mm-hmm. there are always characters there but everyone looked incredible Everyone looked amazing. Like, I took so many photographs. I was just walking up to people going, can I take your picture? You look amazing. Can I take your picture? You look amazing. And I took so many pictures. And I think that's a really good thing about, that's such a great thing about it is Mm. because we don't really have those spaces where we can do that. I mean, like when you go to festivals here and, you know, glitter, glitter and what the flower flower crowns are like the norm right black people don't do that it was wakanda in that bitch (laughs) okay um well like uh it was any um, memorable what was like the most memorable like outfit that you saw so there was also i saw quite a few pregnant women as well like pregnant women bellies how how pregnant like bellies full showing in like dressed in costume Mm-hmm. and it was amazing there was like quite a few kids there as well um there was i took some pictures of like mothers and sons there were people that were there with their like m- like wow. these guys that were there with their moms so it was a real like family affair it was really okay. really nice and like everyone really like showed up and showed up and there was the the section outside which was the market section. So there was like food and people selling like their products. It was anything from like, there was women doing hair braiding. There were um, people selling satin, like bonnets, like men's, like people selling do rags, <laughs> like the quintessential black experience. Okay. Um, like lots of jewelry and just things that like people, like crafted themselves it was amazing 
and I've never really been anywhere. I mean, maybe Ketikoti, where you see that, but it wasn't something that was like mass produced. It was like all these like really beautiful, like handmade, mm. lovely things. Um, so there was that, and then there was the food. There was food from Senegal. There was food from Brazil. I, I mean, I was just munching on everything. I think I'd like to see. I also would like would have liked to see a bigger market because that's where everything happened. Then there was like a DJ stage outside and people were dancing. Mm. Um, the only thing about the venue for Afrocon Paris is that all the live shows were inside and it was hot. Like it was hot. It was like upwards of like twenty nine thirty degrees. Indoors. Well, in Paris, yeah. it was that hot. But then, like, inside, there w- on the Saturday, it wasn't the busiest day. The Sunday was the busiest day because that's when all the biggest acts were. Okay. So, Saturday, you could feel the air conditioning. But on Sunday, no. You could not feel the air conditioning. It was hot as hell. I did not have... It smelled... I actually... My hotel was 15 minutes from where the venue was. Yeah. And I forgot my fan on the Sunday better believe I marched my ass right back to my hotel to get that fan. Because, For real? <laughs> yeah, it was that hot. Like, the sweat was, like, dripping down my back. It was it was so hot. But, um, like, you're from the Caribbean, right? And you've lived in... In uh, case you don't yeah. know. <laughs> and you've, you've lived in London. You've gone Notting Hill Carnival. Yeah. Like, isn't everyone in costumes there? And the costumes in the carnivals back home and the food there as well? Yeah, like how does but it compare? It's different because I expect to see that. Like I expect to see that in the Caribbean because it's Barbados is ninety five percent a black country. Mm. I expect to see that at Notting Hill because it's a carnival that was started by Caribbean people in after you know after because of like because of like political unrest, I guess, and also as a way of reconnecting to their cultural heritage from the Caribbean. That was why one of the reasons Notting Hill Carnival started. The big Caribbean influence. Paris, I don't really know Paris like that. Mm-hmm. I just know Paris is white Europeans. So for me to see this like blackness in Paris was, I felt really overwhelmed. It kind of like took my breath away. Wow. And it was quite magical as well. Like, from talking to other people there, just people were just saying like the energy was incredible. Like the sense, it was like this real sense of like community. Everyone was like talking and laughing and hugging and just like being so complimentary to everyone else about the way that they looked, what they were doing, like enjoying like music. And it felt like, it kind of felt like home a bit. Which Wh- one? Like London home? <laughs> like like home? Barbados home or like or like home that transcends that. Like just mm. home in blackness. Okay. So you genuinely genuinely felt like a sense of like family or yeah. community there. Yeah. That. It was really it was that was like my overwhelming like takeaway from it. That real sense of like cause when black people get together, it's a vibe. Like nobody can party like us or can throw a party like us when when we get on it and like lit and drinks are flowing and food is there it's the best party Mm -hmm. it was amazing okay and 
I mean, it might be, I might be playing devil's advocate here, like going back to the costumes and whatnot. Like, you know, is there a chance that people could see Afropunk as like a kind of cosplay for like the elite, the the newly forming like black middle class? Like, is this is this more just like a yeah? Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, because I everyone's know what you mean. everyone's like super dressed up. It's quite expensive, you know. Like, how how do you see that? I know what you mean, mm. but we also don't get a chance to do that. When when do we get to, when do we ever get to do that? Like on any level. True. When can you go to a party and like bust out your best garms and just be there for the attention to solely be on you because of this like amazing way that you look? I think we always like there's a standard of beauty that exists that I guess black people really aren't like we don't fall into that mold a lot of the time and i think any environment where we are allowed to just be we can go as over the top as we want and then that be celebrated is a great thing i don't think there's there's i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i feel like i mean i'm already thinking in my head next year i was like all right you are really lucky next year pulling out all the stops because it's incredible. It's so beautiful to see just like the amount, the level of creativity that exists within our community that is very often not highlighted. The level of beauty that exists. Like I saw women there that were shades of like, there was one girl, I didn't take a picture of her, but she was wearing this like lilac suit with a massive Afro and her skin was like midnight. Mm. And she was stunning. Mm -hmm. There were so many people there that were so many different shades of black, mm. all colors. And also just to be able to go up to somebody and be like, oh my God, you're amazing. And one of the things, they had all these flags around. And one of the the slogans on the flags that were everywhere was like, we, was, we see you. And I think that was so important. It was just like, yeah, we we see you. We see that you're beautiful. We see that you're incredible. We see that you are on a level of creativity that sometimes people don't understand or people maybe are unwilling to like accept, but just do you. And it was amazing. So anybody that says, you know, it's just cosplay. No, it's not. It's more than that. It's more than that. Um, it sounds like the signs themselves play like part of the experience would that be right like the, the seeing those kind of signs those kind of messages like as opposed to to not seeing it being at a different type of festival um but seeing signs that kind of communicate directly to you um you know it did that help you to i don't know to feel more at home at the festival did it did it like how did that influence you because and was it were the signs everywhere or are we talking yeah. like limited signs no they were everywhere there were these flags that were everywhere and it was all it's all over the website as well mm. like that was one of the um the the slogans for this year i think yeah we see you and i think that's that we see you is a really powerful kind of like mantra especially i think sometimes and I feel this sometimes living in a very predominantly white society where you can feel quite invisible sometimes. 
so just like having that acknowledgement of somebody saying okay i get it you're here we see you we think you're incredible that's a really powerful thing mm-hmm. so genius bit of marketing well done afropunk mm-hmm. um but it was very you know i i think it was it was really that it was very very beautiful okay and is there anything that that they could have done differently or that they could have improved on so my main thing was that it was hot it was a great weekend it was beautiful but all the acts were indoors it was at um a venue called the Seine musicale which is i think it's in the south of paris it's a little bit out the way it's kind of like an hour and a bit on the metro from like central one of the central kind of rng smalls but it was it's a beautiful space and it's on this like little island um quite easy to get to yeah holds how many people roughly like how many people were inside with you i think from one of the numbers i heard bandied around was twelve thousand people okay so which is quite a lot Mm. um so it was set up like outside of the venue there was the market stalls with all the food stalls and the like um people selling stuff and then inside so they had one main room like a massive hall where they'd split it into like three stages so it was all on the same level but then one stage was stage a so and then so like Raphael Sadiq was on before Solange and he was on stage B and then Solange was on there was a short DJ set in between and then Solange was on what on the next stage so while he was playing they were setting up the next stage behind a curtain so it meant if you were at Raphael Sadiq then like as soon as he finished you had to like hightail it like literally across just to this next stage which was right next door so it was there was no separation it was all in one one room basically and it was annoying because it was so hot in paris and if the acts were outside it probably would have been better but um talking to one of the organizers apparently it's quite difficult to find a venue in paris that's outdoors for that amount of people so i think this was their third venue that they tried in paris and it was fine but i mean i think like living from amsterdam like somewhere like amsterdam's boss would be perfect for afropunk like it would be absolutely perfect yeah i mean did you get a chance to ask them like why they chose paris like uh, like because i mean europe is massive right um so i think one of the this this other guy that i met i can't remember his name but he used to have this company which he sold to live nation um and i think live nation somehow involved i could be wrong i don't know but um yeah i I mean i think paris just because it, it is one of the more obvious cities and it's, it is great. It's great. It's central. It's easy to get to. But I think, yeah, Amsterdam, Rotterdam actually would be a dope location for Afropunk. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah, doch. I think so. I think it would be really good. Not only because of the people that live there. It's just got this edge that I think would do, like, it could really work for that for, for the festival. And it's only 45 minutes from Amsterdam, so you still get the crown. 
if you're listening, Matt, Rotterdam. Um, but yeah, that my, that was my only thing about it. That was the only thing that the venue was indoors. Like the acts were indoors. Everything else was I really enjoyed. It was great. Secured. There was no issues. There was no like no fighting. There was nothing. There was you know all the staff were really nice. The people that were working were great. You know, there was enough bars. Mm. I mean, so I mean, you you obviously had a good time there. Yeah, I did. Um, I remember last year there was there was quite a few, uh, quite a lot of messages coming out from Afropunk. Uh, in terms of what happened, like there was loads of corporate. They opened the corporate floodgates. Big brands, Japanese car brands, like non-related. What I guess would be uh, typically uh, like product. Yeah, non-Afropunk yeah. kind of brands who were like massively involved to the point that. I think that people were thinking about almost boycotting Afropunk. Like, did you get a sense of any of that? Like, how commercial did it? Because obviously, it's still a business, and they have their goals and objectives. But like that sense of branding and commercial involvement, like how how did that feel? Like, honestly, I, I'm to, sure you must have. To, honestly, I didn't see anything. Nothing. I don't know if it nothing? was because I was so like drunk. actually no but i don't know if it was because i was so in awe by what i was seeing Mm -hmm. like by the by the people there and the music and just the general vibe i really did not see i'm like really thinking back now to think even on the walk up to the venue did i see any like all i saw were the afropunk flags I didn't really see any sort of like product placement, as it were. I mean, yeah, the cups were just standard. There was no like branding. I don't, I, I don't honestly don't remember seeing any branding. Not even on the cups or the tickets on just. Uh, well, my ticket was on my phone. Mm. Um, not like only on the wristbands. The wristbands literally just had Afropunk on them okay wow there was nothing there was no it was like i the recam wristband was a red wristband mm. like just with afropunk there was nothing else on it I, there was nothing on the ticket because i didn't have i had a ticket on my phone the cups the Af- the black afropunk cups were the standard cups that say afropunk and then they have the no racism no homophobia all of that on the mm. back and then i remember looking at it on the bottom and it just says eco cup I wow. honestly I didn't see anything mm. that would suggest that any like massive multinational was part of the festival. So it wasn't like Afropunk sponsored by no. McDonald's. And if it was there, it wasn't in your face. Okay. Because I didn't see it. And you also said you had a chance to actually speak to one of the organizers yeah. as well. Yeah. And like, I mean, how was he? Was was he alright? Is he, he a bit of a corporate machine? No, he's not. He's was great, he actually. He's like, he's English. Don't you don't need to tell us who? No, or anything, no, he's but great. He's, he is really he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Like looked after us for the weekend. I mean, yeah, I I can't. 
I've, I've obviously read some of the things about Afropunk that people have said, but I honestly didn't feel any of those things. I don't know what it's like to be involved from um, as a creative or somebody that contributes. I don't know what it's like to be involved on that level, but I think, yeah, it was just, I know he was vibes. It was vibes, basically. If that's like the word, it was vibes. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's just do like out of 10 for organization. Like fire festival and all that stuff. Like how? Where would you? <laughs> where would you put Afropunk? Uh, it's really well organized. I mean, yeah, I would give it a solid. I think if it wasn't for the 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 heat in the venue, it would probably have scored up there, like maybe a nine yeah. out of ten. Yeah, Whoa. but because of that, I'm gonna drop it down to a seven. Okay. Okay. So that's sound quality. Because you said the venues, the performances were all like right next to each other. Was there like soundproofing? Like sound quality was good. Um, yeah, I'd give that a seven as well. I think maybe if it was outdoors, because you know if it was outdoors, then you'd have you'd have to have screens and okay. yeah, and it, I think it would probably would have been more of a vibe because you can't really see anything when you're like when it because it was dark inside. Even in the daytime. In the venue, it was dark okay yeah oh wow okay so it was like being in a club when it's like 30 degrees outside being in the basement of the of the school Oof, of the school i've not been visions yeah yeah like visions <laughs> it's like being in visions where you can't see anything okay but warm hot yeah warm yeah. sweaty okay close um <laughs> uh food and merchandise what would you give that um there was a good selection of food. I only had some of the Senegalese food. And there, there were these Brazilian men there that were so lovely and they were selling these like low, like these like balls. They were like, they were like chicken deep fried. They were like my lifeline for the whole weekend when I didn't eat. Nice. <laughs> um, and they were good, they were tasty. But the food price I think was everything was like around 10 euros for a plate. The balls were like, four for five euros so yeah reasonable it's enough to sustain you drinks a little bit on the pricey side but <laughs> you can be has to be expected at a festival could i sneak my own drinks in yeah well you know they let you bring water into the venue so you so oh. like the security the security people were really lovely but you know how like here they're like really strict yeah. They were, they actually were okay. They were just like, mm, I think you could, or you could take your empty bottle, but generally we just like had some rum in a bottle before we got there and like topped up. But very, yeah. Very good. Yeah. You know, usual festival, festival styles, but yeah. And yeah. there was like bars. Some of the queues were quite long, especially on the Saturday, on the Sunday when there was more people, you felt it more. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, good food selection. Um, and there was also like other bars that weren't that were part of the venue so that's probably why my drink that beer was expensive because I got it from one of the indoor like fancy bars mm, okay so everywhere I mean, had its own little price and... nine euros for a fucking beer come on that's quite dear isn't Mate. it it's a lot when she when she said when she put down that pair machine in front of me I almost fainted <laughs> but you know man's don't want to shame right so mm -hmm. I had to had to just suck it up and be <laughs> 
earbuds. <laughs> but now I have my cup, my like cup, which I'll take next year when I go back to Paris. Okay. So you are thinking about going back? Yeah. So what's your overall, like, for the whole festival experience? We didn't even talk about the lineup. Oh, yeah, we didn't. No. So let me just give you a little rough idea. So I, honestly, I went for, I went for Solange. I've seen her before. I went for Janelle Monet. Mm. I've seen her before. Raphael Sadiq, I've also seen before. Masego, I've seen before. Ebe, I've seen before as well. Lizzo, I didn't, I've never seen. And she was honestly, like, hands down, the standout. She has so much energy. Her message is so positive. Her voice is insane. And when that girl breaks out that flute on stage, (laughs) listen. Come on. Come on. She is, like, if, if there's one person out of this whole lineup that you have to go and see, it's Lizzo. Out of everything. And Janelle Monáe, she's incredible. Mm. The two of them were fabulous. Mm-hmm. Ebay, I've seen before. They were fabulous as well. Solange, I've seen her before. She was great. Masego, I saw him like two days before I left. So I didn't go and see him again. Raphael Sadiq is dropping a new album this August, I think. Next month. And the crowd for him was a bit... Bait. I mean, it was all these like young people that don't actually understand who he is. These they don't know who Tony 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 is. They don't know who Lucy Pearl is. Wow, Lucy Pearl. Exactly. So <laughs> while I was there screaming my my little lungs out, mm-hmm. most people were just like, "When's he gonna finish so Solange can come on?" But as a musician, he's incredible. I skipped IMDb, but apparently she was great. What? I wanted to go outside. That was the thing. I wanted to be outside and like people watch and take pictures. So yeah. I had to sacrifice some people. Okay. Um, Lil Sims, I skipped as well. T was Savage, I skipped. Malik Berry, I was very disappointed. Because oh. he was 95% back in track. I'm just going to put it out there very disappointed sorry burn a boy on the other hand come on my gosh niger boy wow this man oh my dear god he's performing in amsterdam i will be getting tickets to go and see him okay and lizzo is going to be in amsterdam as well soon get tickets for her burn a boy burn a boy was sensational one backing singer that smashed it to shit Hmm. and he was just incredible and he took his shirt off i was in heaven Hmm. (laughs) amen all right so so that's my like analysis of the of the lineup who would you add to next year's I know it's like next Well, year. I mean... Who, who do you feel they, they were missing? I don't know if I felt like... There are people that I would swap out because, I, I mean, and it's only because I've seen Masego a few times, whatever, I mm. could swap him out. But I really want to see, like, I love um, Black. Mm. And I really want to see him on a lineup. I want to see him somewhere. He would have been a good addition. And I'm also surprised that he's not on the Atlanta lineup. But, you know, whatever. Mm. Um... Yeah, I would have. I could have swapped out Masego, and I would have swapped out. I feel bad saying that, about Monique Berry, because I love him, and I generally like listen to that album all the time. But I was very underwhelmed. Damn. 
Ebe was sensational in front of their home crowd in Paris. Mm-hmm. I've seen them four times. Again, always spectacular. Solange was an art piece. Wow. It was art. It was like, it was choreographed. It was, there was so much thought that went into the set, the outfits. She had these girls on, this one girl, well, there was a bunch of them, but there's one girl um, that came out in a white leotard, thong leotard, and was twerking the, sh- like, I have never seen an ass move like that before. Sounds great. But yeah, <laughs> if you get a chance to go and see her, see on this new t- on this new tour, go and see it. She's she's great. Her voice is amazing. Um, yeah, Janelle Monae stole the show for me. Her and Lizzo, my two standout ones for the whole for the whole thing. And like, what's your biggest takeaway from the weekend? Oh, black people are lit as fuck. <laughs> I was honestly like. I don't understand where this whole idea about blackness being inferior or subpar comes from because let me tell you something no one can do it like a black like black people like I like no one I'm sorry and again this comes from Solange's first album when T- Mama, Mama T is like talking about you know being pro-black does not mean you're anti-white I stand for my black people we do the most shit sometimes but the level of community and the sense of like togetherness that we have when we get together as a people is unparalleled like honestly no one can do it better no one fight me no one um (laughs) so i I just have another question like i maybe it's a silly question but because i've been out here for four years i've been to festivals here and danced in festivals here. What was it like dancing in the crowd? Were, were people dancing as well, or was it like because sometimes were people dancing? Do pigs supply bacon? What are you talking about, <laughs> mate? It was literally like it was a party. It was it was like one gigantic party, well. especially with the DJ sets. Mm-hmm. And when Lizzo was on, like. It was a party. I I'm not a crowd. I don't. I'm not in the front for anything. I don't like being yeah. in crowds. So I was like the girl on the outskirts because I need to be, not be in the crowds. But you're a dancer. I do. I I was dancing on the outskirts. How much dancing was going on in the crowd? Bare dancing. When you see the girls like twerking, like, like twerking, on the floor. Yes. Oh. Like like people voguing. Like these like, voguing, like voguing? Gay Yeah. Listen. These people did not come out to play. They looked good and they brought the party. It wasn't no stand up and be cute thing. Hmm. I mean, I've, I've got one question on here that is like, would you go to another Afropunk festival? Hands down, yes. There's no point in asking that. Yeah. Um, but in your in your view, is Afropunk important to the black community and why? Just as, your, as the closing. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. This voice comes about from having too much fun in Paris. Um, it is very important. It is such an important thing to the black community. I don't think there's anything else out there that is like Afropunk. I'm trying to think of a festival or another like mass gathering other than a cookout or a barbecue, you know, a family barbecue that would like bring the same vibes. Cause we have this like way of 
bringing that like real home love homely way of being even when there's like thousands of us like it still has that vibe that vibe is not lost that vibe is even more is bigger even when there's like this massive crowd of us and it doesn't matter where anyone's from Mm-hmm. That is like your uniting thing, mm-hmm. and we all get it. Like we get it. We know all the songs. We know all the dance moves. Like we get it, and that's why it's so important because it brings people together who might live in communities that where you don't necessarily see that many brown faces. But when you like come together, you're it's like the sense of relief. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm around my people. It's mm-hmm. great. I love it so good it was so so good and i and i think that festival art will continue to do well regardless of the shit that people might talk about it because there's nothing else out there that does what that festival does they've really capitalized on this like niche of black festival goers because you know a lot of the time you know black people we don't really do festivals like that because muddy mud camping love smite you don't talk about raining (laughs) but this is what that festival does it capitalizes on those people that want to have that experience that festival experience with like multiple apps throughout the day the food it's like glastonbury but for black people but you were glamping right or you know you didn't camp i stayed in in a hotel. hotel there's no camping we don't do camping i mean is it possible to no Wait, wait, let me finish. Is it possible that one could... Is it possible that Afropunk could do Afropunk... Camping? And have camping. Yeah. I mean, black people are allowed to camp, right? We are allowed to camp, but... How many black people you know like camping? Wait, wait, wait. wait. But you can't camp. You (laughs) cannot... You can't... It's not that kind of festival. You can't camp because... Especially if you want to indulge and you want to, like, bring your outfits every day. You got to go home. You got to shower. You got to get yourself right. Mm -hmm. You can't do that in a tent. (laughs) 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 Rubs. That will not be happening in a tent. You can imagine you're in a tent trying to like paint your like little Zulu dots off your eye. In the dark. So I'm like, <laughs> uh, nah, bros. No. Okay. Okay. So Afropunk happens as a festival, but you have to get a hotel. Don't or stay with somebody that lives near, in Paris, or stay with your friend in Joburg, or stay with somebody in Brooklyn. But it's not that kind of vibe, man. Like we don't. I personally don't like camping. Mm. I don't know about the other festival. If there's anybody else from Afro Pro that likes camping, well, you know, good on you. But <laughs> my when you look at the pictures that will accompany this podcast, Aye. the people that you see in those pictures are not campers. <laughs> <laughs> and and like my last question, because you said the festival was like ninety five percent black people. That's right. So. Uh, the other five percent. Um, so if I want to go with some friends who are who are white, I mean they can come. Would they Would they feel welcomed? Is it intimidating? Like, you, are we you, allowed to talk about this on a podcast? Like, we are. We should talk about it. Nice. But you know, from you know, if you like brought home your little, your like little white friend to your mom's house, like your mom would never be like, why did you bring home this white person? She'd be like, come, do you want to eat? you want food you know mm. that's how we get down as a people true you like you can't come but mm. you know 
but just under like come with an understanding that this exists because of this whole thing comes out of people being marginalized and not being able to be themselves and also existing in traditionally white spaces and not being able to express themselves by the way they dress or the way they talk and a lot of that has to do with the privilege because you know we exist in this space where white people have everything all the time Mm. and there's nothing that's just the way it is so ultimately people have created something that is for us where we feel happy and grateful and wonderful and we feel joyous and and it's amazing to be us in this space so as long as you understand that you come but just come with that in mind did you meet any any yeah, white man. people who were on a level i was or? hanging out with some like cool dudes shout out to ollie and the crew from london uh yeah i had these this crew of like guys from london and we did ask them we asked them what it felt like to be in a space that's predominantly black they were like it's their first time it's really different for them but they were like it's amazing they were like i love like how everyone's dressed they were like really digging the music the vibe's incredible and they're like we're just really grateful that we're allowed to be part of this i was like good we welcome you so it was nice mm-hmm. but like you know that's amazing but just you know don't be high and drunk and talking through solange like you don't get to do that no no one should do that. no one should do that yeah so basically wherever you're from whoever you are when it comes to afropunk go there with the right mindset yes go there with the right mindset and go there prepared to be dazzled dazzled by the beauty oh my god so many beautiful people literally the highlight of life i'm still kind of riding on a high from it and just in awe like just beautiful people it's great okay oh thank you so that's afropunk paris 2019 get your tickets for next year come through roll through to Joburg. roll through to atlanta roll through to brooklyn if i could do all three of them i would maybe you could yeah maybe i could (coughs) matthew yeah thank you thank you thank you so much renee um my pleasure yeah big up stay black stay proud it's the quick and the brave safe